Hello and welcome to JOSPT Insights, the podcast that aims to help you translate quality research to quality practice. I'm Claire Ardern, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal of Orthopaedic and Sports Physical Therapy. It's great to have you listening today. Today on JOSPT Insights, we're going to hear from the American Physical Therapy Association's Academy of Orthopaedic Physical Therapy Leaders about their new strategic framework, the opportunities for you to apply for grants from the Academy, and the many ways you can get involved with the Academy's activities. Now, with me today are two of the leaders and forward thinkers in orthopaedic physical therapy today, Professor Laurie Mishner and Professor Joe Donnelly, Vice President and President, respectively, of the Academy of Orthopaedic Physical Therapy. Welcome to JOSPT Insights. Thank you, Claire. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks. It's a pleasure to have you both here today. Thanks so much for making the time. And today we've got a short update and a bit of a teaser, bit of a an intro or an entree into what folks can expect from AOPT. And I've heard that you have both, and you and the team have been working really hard on developing your strategic plan. And we... We at JOSPT went through that about three years ago, so I've got a bit of a sense of of the work that goes into developing a strategic plan. And I'd love to have you to hear from you and learn from you what what goes into that strategic plan and what you'd like to share about the strategic plan with our community. So, Joe, I might start with you, and then we'll ask Laurie for her her thoughts as well. Sure. So back in uh, October of 19, actually, we looked at our strategic plan and we decided to go with a new terminology called the strategic framework. Um, and we developed a new mission statement, which is the AOPT empowers members to excel in orthopedic physical therapy. And off of that, we have a vision statement that the AOPT will be a world leader in optimizing movement and musculoskeletal health. And from there, we developed uh, four strategic pillars, if you will which include value and payment, positioning and public awareness, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and evidence to best practice. And those are in no specific order. Um, But it was a shift for AOPT to move away from a broad, uh, expansive um, strategic plan and bring all of our special interest groups together with the AOPT as a leadership team to develop these four strategic pillars. Yeah, sounds like a huge amount of work and a really important important work to kind of distinguish those four pillars as well. So, Laurie, what excites you most about the new strategic plan or the strategic framework? Strategic framework. I can say that the process going into it, I was a little hesitant because it's always an, feels like a bit of a slog to kind of get opinions and create the framework. But I was actually energized and excited by this process. It really leveraged what people wanted to hear. So we did a survey and what they want their academy to do. And then we really took an active role across all of our special interest groups, all of our committees, and all of the leadership to say, listen, here's the important things. What do we think the priorities within that process was? And I'd really like to give a shout out to Janet Besner, who really helped us facilitate this in my estimation in the best way possible that I've ever been involved in developing a strategic framework. So it was great. What am I most excited about? I can say not not one fits above the other in priority to me. I think they're all critically important. And I, I think they all speak to really high value things that the members really want 
their organization to do. And Joe, for folks out there who are thinking, considering joining AOPT or have been long term long time AOPT members and, and thinking, you know, am I going to continue this? What what do you see that folks will see are the big benefits to come out of the new strategic framework and the direction the on the direction that AOP uh, that AOPT is moving into? What can we look forward to as members? I think there's lots of excite, exciting things going on. I think it's the strategic framework is very visionary. And it is the first time that the AOPT has really said, we want to tackle value and payment. That we want really want to look at this. And in order to do that, we have to do across academies. So we're in doing some work with the private practice section or academy um, at the current time that to help people with value and payment. How do we establish value and payment in practice? And evidence to practice and how do we bring that those two pillars together to improve our reimbursement and our, our the care we're providing for our patients you know the diversity equity inclusion that is a very hot topic all over all over the United States and every organization talk about it and we're taking a really clear look on diversity equity and inclusion and what each one of those things mean and what it means across our our academy our special interest groups and our membership so it's it's exciting to look forward to what the outcome of that will be as well. So there's, and there's lots of opportunities for people to jump in. We have pulled all of our special interest groups into one uh, leadership team, uh, and we're all working together on our four strategic pillars uh, with the nuances of all the practice areas that have special interest groups, such as animal physical therapy, occupational health, pain, residency fellowship, foot and ankle performing arts, that we're all working together on this, on the, same strategic framework rather than having eight strategic plans. It sounds great. And you've got such a diverse group of special interest groups within the academy who each bring interesting elements and different perspectives. So it sounds really exciting. Now, Laurie, I know that, or I've heard that you, that the academy loves to give money away. So can you tell us a little bit more about the grants and the money that members might have access to? We have money in many different pots that we look each year to give away. And I will um, talk about a couple of them and I'll uh, throw it over to Joe to talk about a couple others. So we have research grants. We have a unrestricted category for anyone. We have a new investigator category. We have a clinical research network grants, which means networking with at least two different sites to start asking and answering a clinically embedded question. Um, So really being a clinically embedded kind of question that we're looking for. And then a career development. You have um, almost completed your PhD and you're interested in maybe a potential postdoc and this grants for you to provide some funding really to help you launch into getting bigger funding. And again, can I say we really want to give that money away. So please apply. And we have advocacy grants. Uh, Joe, do you want to talk about that? Sure. We have money set aside for advocacy grants for any um, chapter in the United States that is fighting uh, for on advocacy issues for patient access or any other any other practice area that might affect physical therapy practice. Those grants are available to chapters, and they just have to be a me- have a member apply for them through the academy. And then we have a residency fellowship grants as well for individuals who want to start a residency or fellowship program. And that funding has increased to cover the cost of the accreditation fee from uh, the American Board of Residency Fellowship Education as well. 
So that money is out there. You just have to apply for it. And those are ongoing grants with no deadlines. Fantastic. Um, having access to the, those ongoing fundings mean that you can sort of make the decision when it's right for you to launch into the residency program rather than feeling like, oh, I'm stuck within a time frame, And if I've missed that time frame, then that's it. It's gone for another year. So kudos to the Academy for the foresight with looking at how you offer that money. Now, Joe, I also wanted to ask, you mentioned translating evidence to practice as part of the one of the pillars in the strategic framework. JOSPT and AOPT have had a, a long-standing relationship now that we're incredibly proud of on the clinical practice guidelines. I also wanted to alert our audience that we there's a new CPG landing on the 1st of November. So look out for that one. It's the update on the low back pain CPGs. We also had the work-related CPG. So have a, a look out for that. All of the CPGs are online. They're always open and free. I wanted to ask you both, and, and Joel, I'll start with you. What do you see that clinical practice guidelines can bring to the academy, the orthopedic academy and the JOSPT community? I think uh, the CPG's members, we've heard you. We understand they are long. We're working to streamline and reduce the, the content of the CPGs. So that's coming in the future. Uh, we have some exciting new initiatives as well for knowledge translation of the CPGs to the grassroots member. I think it's important that we come to consensus and do away with unwarranted variation in clinical practice. And I think the clinical practice guidelines do that for us. Uh, I know it's challenging because many patients don't show up like a clinical practice guideline. However, if we are knowledgeable of what's in each of the clinical practice guidelines, it allows us to pick and choose those evidence-based tests and measures to manage our patients more efficiently and effectively. But I'm going to turn uh, this conversation over to Lori because Lori has been instrumental in shepherding the clinical practice guideline process for the AOPT for four years or five years now as the vice president of AOPT. And she's been an amazing workhorse in this area to try and move this initiative forward. So I'm going to turn it over to Lori. Thanks, Joe. I echo your comments. This is a place for every physical therapist to go. Educators practicing clinicians to look and say, what should be my first line thinking about? What outcome measure should I use? What test and measure really helps me drive towards the diagnosis that I am looking for in that respective clinical practice guideline? And then what intervention should I be thinking about in the top line about what I'm going to deliver to my patient? All patients do not fit clinical practice guidelines, Joe, as you've said, but the vast majority of patients fall in somewhat of that. And you can look and say, what should I be selecting from the menu that is available that's providing some evidence as a first line? By all means, it's a guide, not a recipe. And so you can select based upon the patient who's standing in front of you. But to provide people that framework to where to start, I think is critical both in education and then leveraging that. You know, I'm, I'm back in the clinic and I had a patient the other day. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen a patient like this. Let me look at the clinical practice guideline. Oh, oh, that's right. Here are some of the tests and measures I should be using because there's a vast majority of them. And I wasn't sure which one I should be using first. It really gives you a nice starting point to really hone down and figure out where should I get started. And last point, I echo the translation piece. It is a giant document. 
if we tried to say anything different, people might say, did they have a head injury recently? My goodness, do you not realize how long that thing is? And I think we have work to do and we are working the academy and thank you JOSPT for partnering and working on this as well to reduce that to bite-sized pieces that will really help translate that, um, disseminate that. And I think the translation and implementation piece are also something that we're all working on to help facilitate uptake into clinical practice. Yeah, I love that, Laurie. And I can certainly echo your points about, and yours, Joe, as well. I think we're all on the same page here that the CPG is necessarily detailed and long. And, and we love that detail because it kind of reassures us that it's rigorous and that we've got a great summary of across the body of research and clinical practice knowledge. But it, I get that it's long and it's when you're busy in the clinic and you need to make a quick decision, it's pretty hard to go through the, the full CPG. And like AOPT, JOSPT is also working on on how can we break the CPG down into useful chunks. So we've got things like the new infographics now that we're publishing alongside CPGs, podcast, blog posts, and we're also working on other knowledge dissemination strategies as well. So lots to look forward to. As we wrap up, let me finish by asking you both, and Laurie, I'll start with you, how can folks get involved with AOPT? So not just in applying for the money, but other other in, in any of the work that AOPT does. So let me say first, our strategic plan is out there on the website. And we look for every and all member to volunteer for any small piece, any large piece that they want to be a part of on the strategic plan. So please take a look and say, I'm really interested in helping to define X, Y, and Z or helping to provide some ideas about translating evidence to practice. So we're always looking for volunteers. Our website, excitingly, just uh, launched a new facelift. We feel like it is much more user-friendly. And we also have a really nice description of all the special interest groups, the publications which are there, but also welcome new AOPT members and lots of information about how to get involved. And also, any of the standing committees that we have that have openings for those, we highly encourage. Ah, and one other thing I want to plug, sorry, there's a under membership, there's also an early career and student link right on the homepage. In the past, we've heard you students say, ah, I didn't know I could join the Orthopedic Academy. You can join. We really made a concerted effort to make sure it's better articulated to potential members about A, what we are and how you can get involved and join. That's great. I can definitely vouch for the new website. The look and feel is terrific and it's great to navigate. So I'd really encourage folks to have a look. And I I love that you have the dedicated area for early career PTs and students as well. Terrific. Joe. how how would you encourage folks to get involved with AOPT? Yeah, I would just piggyback on what Lori said is really going to the website and seeing what lights your fire. Um, I think you're always better seeing what lights your fire and putting yourself into that category to kind of fuel the tank and move forward with what you want to do for volunteerism. There's many areas within the academy for people to get involved with, especially special interest groups and our different committees. I think the other thing is that our international partners, we have a special category of membership for our international folks. If you can't, if you're not eligible for APTA membership, you can certainly go right to AOPT.org and join as an international partner 
for a nominal fee and get an electronic version of the JOSPT as well as the OPTP, the Orthopedic Physical Therapy Practice that comes out quarterly. Come and join the party, if you will, across the across the ponds all over the world um, and be part of the AOPT. That sounds terrific. And again, I, as an international person, I joined the academy and did the international membership and it's terrific. So I would, I would encourage folks to do that, even if you feel like, oh, I don't live in the US, so what am I going to get out of AOPT? There's plenty of terrific content there, lots of great networking and folks to connect with. So highly recommend it. Joe Donnelly, Laurie Mishner, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on JOSPT Insights. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for listening to this episode of JOSPT Insights. For more discussion of the issues in musculoskeletal rehabilitation that are relevant to your practice, subscribe to JOSPT Insights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, or your favorite podcast app. If you like JOSPT Insights, help others find us. Tell your friends and colleagues and rate and review us. To keep up to date with all the latest JOSPT content, be sure to follow us on Twitter, we're at JOSPT, and Facebook, we're JOSPT Official. Talk with you next time.